This is Equipping Eve, the podcast that seeks to equip women with fruits of truth from God's Word. In his second letter to the Corinthians, the Apostle Paul wrote, But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. A sincere and pure devotion to Christ begins by being grounded in his word. So let's open our Bibles, ladies, and prepare to feast on the truth God has given us. Well, hello, ladies, and welcome to Equipping Eve, the show that seeks to equip you with fruits of truth from God's Word. I'm your host, Erin Benziger. If you want to get in touch with me because you have a complaint, um, comment, which I prefer comments over complaints, but I will take the complaints, complaint, comment, question, anything. There are several ways to get in touch with me. You can go to the website, equippingeve.com or .org, but let's go with .com. You can contact me through there. You can find me on Facebook, search Equipping Eve. You can find me on Twitter, guess what you search, Equipping Eve. Or you can email me at, you guessed it, equippingeve at gmail.com. So reach out. I love getting emails and messages from you ladies. And some of you I've gotten to know pretty well. And, um, you know, I would say have developed friendships with some of you. And so I think that's amazing. And I love it. And I love the power of technology where we can do that. And we can reach out across miles um, and and make new friends and meet new people and um come together with sisters in Christ across the miles. I think it's fantastic. So technology makes me grumble a lot. Social media really makes me grumble. But you know, without it, I wouldn't have been able to connect with so many of you. And um, so thank you for that. And I don't know you all, so you have to reach out to me. So (laughs) please do. I love it. I love comments, questions, concerns, um, ideas. Send them my way happy to take them all. So last time, we're, we're going to dive right in here because last time I had to cut things off earlier than I planned. <laughs> and um, we were talking about Peter and we were um, starting in Mark 14, actually. And I'm going to flip back there. I say flip back because my Bible is open to Luke right now. So I'm going to flip Mark 14 open, and you can do the same just to remind you where we were a couple of weeks ago in the last episode. And um, Mark 14, verse 26. So um, Jesus and the disciples have just finished the Last Supper. Presumably Judas is gone at this point because Jesus has uh, noted that someone will betray him. And in verse 26, it says, When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus said to them, You will all fall away, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, Even though they all fall away, I will not. And Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said emphatically, If I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same. Everyone liked to follow Peter. They didn't learn that maybe they shouldn't do that. And then if you flip over to Luke 22, ladies, Luke 22, verse 31, Jesus says, Simon, Simon. And remember we said Simon was Peter's old name. 
And Jesus had renamed him to Peter, which means rock. And so here Jesus goes back. He's calling him Simon, you know, shaky. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Peter said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. And Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny three times that you know me. Not just once, three times, Peter. Satan has demanded to sift you, and I'm going to let him. But I have prayed for you that your strength would not fail. And so that's kind of where we left off, that idea of Jesus praying for Peter and Jesus interceding for us as well and how he loves us enough to do that and... Um, just that picture and, and how comforting that can be in times of trial to, to realize how we are upheld by the strength of our Lord. But what I want to do is bring this back to where I was originally trying to go. Peter. Peter, you're going to deny me. No, no, not me. Mm -mm. Like these other guys, Jesus, yeah, they, they, they probably will. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm like your lead guy, so you don't have to worry about it. I got this. We're good. I'm fine. Pride goeth before destruction. So do you remember what happened when Jesus' words came true? If your finger is still in Mark 14, I should have told you to keep your finger there. If you go back to Mark 14 and verse 66, we read, and as Peter was below in the courtyard, now Jesus has been arrested at this point. As Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came and seeing Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, you also were with the Nazarene, Jesus. But he denied it saying, I neither know nor understand what you mean. And he went out into the gateway and the rooster crowed. And the servant girl saw him and began again to say to the bystanders, this bystanders, this man is one of them. But again, he denied it. And after a little while, the bystanders again said to Peter, certainly you are one of them for you are a Galilean. But he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know this man of whom you speak. And immediately the rooster crowed a second time. And Peter remembered how Jesus had said to him, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he broke down and wept. Matthew and Luke and their accounts say that he wept bitterly. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the sick feeling in Peter's gut when this happened? We've all felt that haven't we? Please tell me you felt that too. When you just get a sick feeling in your gut when you know you've done something wrong or you're worried that something went wrong. But in this instance, Peter's like, I, I did something wrong. I've sinned. And I've not just sinned. I've denied my Lord. I said I would never. I said I'd go to, I'd die with him. And now I've just denied him three times, just as he said. We've all felt it, but we've not, I don't think one of us felt it the way Peter felt it. What must have been going through his mind? What torment as he wept bitterly? 
But do you remember what happened after Christ rose? He said, you know, go before me into Galilee. I will meet you in Galilee. Do you remember? Turn to John 21. John 21, we're going to start at verse 15. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter. So Jesus has revealed himself to the disciples. He's here. They've all eaten breakfast. I don't know how Peter was able to eat at that point. Maybe he didn't. And now John is referring to him as Simon Peter. And Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, his old name, son of John, do you love me more than these? Peter said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. Jesus said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. Jesus said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Peter was restored. We've probably, most of us heard a sermon on this. He denied Jesus three times. We see the threefold restoration here in John 21. Jesus didn't say, well, Peter, you messed up. You know, I said you'd deny me. You were all, oh no, not me, you know. I'm the one who's not going to fall away. And then you completely messed up, Peter. And so I'm done with you. I'm done. I can't work with you. No, that didn't happen. That didn't happen at all, did it? We just read it. That didn't happen. I've prayed for you, Peter, that you're you're faith will not fail you and when you turn again strengthen your brothers hmm. you see Jesus didn't name Peter Peter for nothing he didn't name him rock for nothing what a trial what a test that Peter endured in those days between his denial of his Lord whom he loved dearly, and that restoration. Not only did Jesus restore him, but called him to feed my sheep, tend my lambs. And that's not the end of it, is it? It's not like we see that and then we go, oh, well, Peter must have, you know, lived a good life and then you know church history tells us he he was crucified has to be crucified upside down okay you know that's good no no that's that's not we, that's not all scripture gives us so much more than that because we can see the outworking of this in Peter's life Jesus said when you turn again when you're restored Peter 
Strengthen your brothers and sisters. Strengthen the brethren. So turn with me, ladies, to Acts 2. And let's consider for a moment Peter's sermon at Pentecost. We won't read all of this, but uh, Acts 2, verse 14. Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea, Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. In the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And he goes on, quoting Joel. And no, we're not going to get into all of that today. Verse 22, men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst. As you yourselves know, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pains of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by it. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will dwell in hope, for you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your Holy One see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he both died and was buried and his tomb is with us to this day. Being therefore a prophet, knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would not that he would set one of his descendants on his throne, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we all are witnesses. Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this, that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Well, Peter's not exactly um, hesitant or denying Jesus now anymore, is he? When you are strengthened, when you turn, strengthen your brothers. He does it again in chapter 3. Peter and his powerful preaching. In chapter 4, we see Peter and John brought before the council of chapter 4, verse 1 of Acts, as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Huh. And later on in verse 13, it says, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, this is a far cry from the man who cowered from a servant girl, by the fire, isn't it? Now, the leaders of Israel see the boldness 
of Peter and John, a boldness that we have all known that is inside of Peter because we see how bold he could be. But it's far less misguided now, isn't it? When you have turned, strengthen your brothers. And I think sometimes we read the New Testament or the Bible in general, and and we read it, I don't want to say that we read it piecemeal. I think many of us sit and read a book at a time, or we're in a Bible reading plan, or we're in a church that is expositing through a book of the Bible, but we, we can lose sight of some of these things that happened in the past. And I think particularly this happens when we get to the epistles, because the epistles are so full of doctrine. You know, we're out of the narrative now. So we have the narrative of the Gospels, we have the narrative of Acts, and then we move into these letters and these epistles, and we kind of forget what happened in the story part of the New Testament if I simplify it a little bit, so don't write me letters here that I'm like downplaying scripture, but the story part, the narrative part, right? And so now we're into these more didactic portions, not that the narrative isn't didactic, look at how much we've learned from Peter already here in the Gospels. But we move to these letters, these epistles, and we kind of forget what happened with the men who wrote those epistles. And especially when we get all the way to Peter's epistles, because Peter, he is front and center here at the beginning of Acts, and then Paul comes into the picture. And Paul comes into the picture for the rest of the book of Acts. And then the majority of our New Testament epistles are written by the Apostle Paul. And we all love Paul, and we're all excited to meet him in heaven, but you're going to have to take a number because I'm going to be first in line for that. But... I'm also really excited to meet Peter. And if most of us are honest with ourselves, most of us probably are as well because we identify so much with Peter. And so, and as I mentioned in the the last um, episode where we kind of started this teaching, all of this stemmed from um, a, a sermon I heard Pastor Alistair Begg preach on Mark 14, where he was talking about Peter, um, you know, and Peter's bold self-reliance, really. Um, but, you know, we can't look at Mark's account, really, I think, without looking at Luke's account, which gives us more details. And it's there in Luke 22, where uh, Luke writes that Jesus says, I've prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you turn again, strengthen your brothers and that we keep going back to that. And here's the thing that stuck with me. And so we read that in Luke and then we see Peter in Acts and then Peter kind of doesn't fade off the scene. Obviously he's quite active until his own crucifixion. But then by the time we get to, to 1 Peter, his epistle there in the back of our Bible, and I just lost my place marker, so I'm, I'm flipping to it as I talk, I think we've kind of forgotten what happened in Luke 22. I don't know, I know I tend to do that, you know, and you forget. As you read this epistle, you forget all the wonderful details from that narrative. I've prayed for you, Peter, that your faith will not fail you. And when you turn again, strengthen your brothers. So turn with me, ladies, to 1 Peter. 
First Peter verse three, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I mean, this is the Peter we just heard preaching in Acts, isn't it? To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Who knew better than Peter about being grieved by various trials and having the genuineness of your faith tested? How appropriate are these opening words of Peter's? Think of the practical doctrine that Peter gives in this letter, and we're not going to go through it. I encourage you to go and read it for yourself again. I I think the epistles of Peter get lost sometimes. A lot of times we like to focus um, on 2 Peter. I don't know. I see see a lot of, you know, it's, oh, 2 Peter because... Um, you know, it talks about false teachers. And so we talk about the discernment. And that's great. Peter wrote it for a reason. But we we forget First Peter. And I love First Peter. And so I encourage you to go back and read it. And there's so much practical doctrine here. He's encouraged them in the midst of their trials, because they are in an extreme time of testing his audiences here. And he encourages them to live holy lives in light of who Christ is and in light of what Christ has done. And moreover, to do this in the power of God. And then we come to 1 Peter chapter 5. And verse 8 is going to be a verse that you're very familiar with. But I want us to look at it a little bit differently today. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. We hear that all the time, right? And so be careful, be on watch, don't fall asleep. It's true, right? Don't get comfortable. I go to church every week. I read my Bible every day. I'm good. Mm, Watch out. But this struck me afresh in light of the teaching that I was hearing about Peter, which started in Mark 14 and then took me to Luke 22. I've prayed for you, Peter, that your faith will not fail. And when you turn again, strengthen your brothers. Satan desires to sift you, Peter. But strengthen the brethren when you turn again. How well Peter fulfilled the wishes of Jesus here. Think about this. Think about the Apostle Peter writing this letter. This picture of a lion seeking someone to devour, and it's not a, a, a picture unique here. It's, it's found in the Old Testament as well. But who knew better than Peter the destruction that that prowling lion could do. As Alistair Begg said in his sermon that I was listening to, he said, Satan certainly took a chunk out of Peter, didn't he, in that moment of testing. 
He prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. But Jesus has prayed for you, Peter, that your faith may not fail. How, how is it that Peter's faith did not fail in light of such a huge failure of his faith, of this huge failure of this test? Because his faith is preserved and upheld by the Lord Jesus Christ. And Peter knows that. Peter lived that. Peter was restored by Jesus himself. And Peter went on to do exactly what Christ called him to do. To proclaim Christ unashamedly and boldly from the man who cowered by the fire in front of the servant girl to the man who boldly proclaimed Christ wherever he went. To writing this letter. To speaking about the genuineness of your faith as it's tested by fire. To speaking about that lion that is prowling around seeking someone to devour. To devour. To saying, resist him, firm in your faith. Peter lived this. He once was shaky, but Jesus' power made him a rock. How can we stand firm and resist? Because we know that Christ is interceding for us. And as Peter goes on, he reminds us, brethren, the world over are enduring suffering. And, and it gets better, verse 10, after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Think about that, ladies. The God of all grace will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. This is Peter's autobiography. How much encouragement we can take from this. The next time we're going through a trial, the next time our faith is being tested, remember, after you've suffered a little while, the God of all grace will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. I've prayed for you, Peter, that your faith may not fail. And after you turn again, strengthen your brothers. I love the story of Peter. I take great encouragement and hope and strength from it. And I hope you do as well, ladies. Okay, we have reached the end of our time again, but at least I got through all of my notes this time. So until next time, ladies, get in your Bibles, get on your knees, and get equipped. Thanks for listening. (music) 